Another big week of NPL Victoria action in the books. Not the most competitive week, all things told. It was a uh, a big weekend for big score lines. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the wasn't the most juiciest of weekends, but there's still plenty upcoming, and also in the NPL two and NPL three to sink our teeth into. Lockie Flanagan and Nick Dubano with you for a uh, slightly slightly later in the week edition of the NPL Victoria podcast. And there is a method to our madness, I promise you. We do obviously have a big focus on the uh, the top three flights of Victorian men's football on this program, but we also have to keep our eye on the cup competitions as well. And we had the Doherty Cup semi-final, the first of two play out last night between the Oakley Cannons and Avondale Oakley Cannons getting the win over at Kingston Heath. We're going to be talking to Josh Parrish, who commented uh, yes. later tonight, but before we get into that, before we get <clears> to our guests, uh, our exclusive talkback audio from commentators who are at the venue giving their match report, Nick Dubano, how are you after the weekend of NPL Victoria football? Mate, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic, Lockie. I can't wait to get into it. I know that there was, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of smashings, but there were some potential results that just make the last six games all the more exciting when you think about the relegation battle and the battle for finals. I mean, we spoke about Dandy Thunder, Lockie, and we are on Dandy Thunder Watch at the moment. They're buoyant. They're up and about. They're closing the gap on the top six. There are a few results that are starting to go in their way. We've got a bit of a, a pack forming for the last few spots inside the top six. We know we've got a bit of a, you know, the, the top two battling for, you know, the, the premiership and, and also for basically the week off in the in the finals. <laughs> and then you've got Port battling Melbourne. To, battling in football to not play yes. a week of football. Yeah. And then Port Melbourne, who are just on their own island, just in between the, in the two. And then you've got that gap from really fourth now to eighth because Dandy Thunder, Lockie, they're coming. And they're coming with, with a vengeance right now. And I tell you what, don't be surprised if by the time we roll in next week, we might be saying Dandy Thunder even just that little bit closer to the top six. But, Lockie, let's get into the action from the weekend because we've got to get through a bit of MPL 2 and MPL 3 as well because the promotion and the relegation yes. battle in that as well is absolutely enthralling. And I should say as well, before we before we get into it, mm. you will, will notice that as distinct from previous weeks, we are leaving the NPL Victoria uh, women out of the discussion. That That is not um, – that is by choice. And the reason for it is that uh, rather than us – you know, constraining it into as part of our hour and only being able to fly through NPL mm. 2, 3, NPL women's in sort of five minutes each time. It's not enough. It's not enough. We have uh, brought back Radio Dub to designate our own full hour to the women's game, to NPLW Victoria and to the Nike FC Cup final. So Bakua Frimpong and I were on Radio Dub before, five mm-hmm. to six. Uh, if you want to get your fix of NPLW Victoria review uh, each week, Radio Dub. Uh, FNR's podcast platforms, the place to do it, but uh, we won't find it here. So you've got more yep. NPL content now. And if you miss any more. of it, you miss any of it, go and check it out. Uh, procure it yourself, caught up with Mark Torcaso. Mark Torcaso, inaugural, inaugural yep, Western w United League. coach. Yep. And also the Elegance. coach of Calder United as French. well. Yes. Uh, and also Francesca Yamano from South Melbourne. And also and from Melbourne Victory. Victory. Yeah, it was a crossover. Uh, after the Nike FC Cup come from behind. Win last night against Heidelberg and also yeah. chatting about so their season. If that's what you're after, uh, don't stress. It hasn't disappeared. We've just expanded yeah. on it. But for now, we'll go back I, to I, uh, I'm just saying, I could, I could see Pakura out there. And when I mentioned that 
NPR Women's as well, she looked at me like, Nick, are you serious? Like, we just spoke about that on Radio Dub. There's no point doubling up. You and fool, I was like, yeah. So like, yeah, all right, I'll take the L there. But let's <laughs> let's get into it, Lockie. Let's start off with the 4-0 win on Friday night. Green Gully nil, Bentley Greens nil. The Greens derby, as we called it some, last see, week. I, have, but we it wasn't, said, have we settled on an official name for this? Because some people were calling it the Big Green. The Big Green? Twitter. What do you prefer? The Big, the the big G? No, that's just the MCG. The Green Derby, yes. the Big Green, where, well, where are you sitting? Where well, you sitting? at the end of the day, I think I'm more down the uh, the path of the Big Green. Yeah, or, I think the, I think Big Green. Or the G-Banger. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't much of a Big Green in the end because uh, Bentley Green's got a pretty comprehensive result after a difficult few weeks for them. Yeah, absolutely. 4-0 win on the road, double from, uh, from Painter Andrews. Very, very solid performance from him. But Green Gully just... Beaten by a side in Bentley Greens right now who, well, I mean, their form's been a bit inconsistent, but they're not losing at the moment. They get, they've get they had a run now of five games unbeaten. And Green Gully, on the other hand, now Lockie, three games without a win. And they're teetering now in the top, on the, in the side of the top six, only a point clear of Bentley. So it makes things very, very intriguing. But they bounced they bounced out of the gates brilliantly, took their chances early, had that 2-0 lead before halftime. A big mistake at the back from uh, K.O. de Godoy, who made that mistake yeah. in the lead up to Payne Andrews' goal, then scored an own goal as well, an unfortunate deflection off him. But then in the end, Bentley just flexed, got the job done in the second half, put the fourth in through React inside the last couple seconds of the game just to add a bit of extra salt in the wound. But for now, Green Gully, Lockie, going into some big games coming up. They're just hanging inside the top six, but Bentley, they're coming home with a vengeance. Absolutely, yeah. I think it'll be very, very satisfying for, for Nick Cholios and the boys to, to scratch that itch, not just of getting a win, but of scoring a goal because they were coming off back-to-back nil-all draws. Yep. We were sort of speculating as to whether or not their attacking potency had dried up a little bit given how many goals they scored from outside the box, but they didn't have that problem this week. They were scoring plenty of them and plenty of them from inside the penalty area, high-quality looks, but it did feel a little bit in this game like Green Gully were to an extent, the the artists of their own downfall. Obviously, yeah. that error to open that allowed uh, Jack Painter Andrews to open the scoring in this game uh, from Caio Dugato, not one that he'll look back on very, very fondly yeah. at all. And I think from that point onwards, it made made it quite easy, frankly, mm. for for Bentley Greens to to sort of actually have the the luxury of of playing a bit more. Um, in transition, playing a bit more on yeah. the break, perhaps more than we're we're used to seeing them do. And hey. It worked really, really well for them. Uh, great performance from Jack Painter Andrews. Great performance from uh, your good Mustafa. Uh, sorry, from Ajak Riak as well. Yeah. Um, who really has uh, built into the season, and those two were really uh, battling for for the the man of the match uh, medal at, yeah. at the, at the full time whistle. I still haven't made my mind up over which way it should go. No, absolutely. So I think in the end. Big result for Bentley. They go into, we'll preview these games a little bit later, a game against Eastern Lions this week, which really they should win, while Green Gully taking on Melbourne Knights away. So they're going to look to get themselves back on track. Uh, Lockie, let's continue to race through the games a little bit, only because we will have Josh Parrish joining us very, very soon. Let's actually go to your game very quickly. Avondale nil, Dandenong Thunder 1. Now, we spoke about Dandy Thunder last week. You were bullish. You said... I'm There's feeling, a chance. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, that thunder, the thunder are gonna they're gonna come out of the blocks. They're gonna give us a bit of a, a, a tight race towards the finish. They went to Avenger Park. They got the job done. Big goal from Mika uh, just after halftime. They held strong, got the result, and mm. now they're closing in on the top six in Avondale. I can't believe I'm saying this, Lockie. 
but they're just hanging on to a spot inside the top six at the moment. They are in a bit of danger. Only two points clear of Bentley, but Danny Long Thunder coming home with a wet sail. Well, it just goes to show you how how impactful a single match week can be in this competition because, I mean, it would have been, what, two weeks ago we were talking about sort of a five-point gap between seventh all the way down to eighth, like a massive, massive buffer that exists. But now, with those results over the weekend, particularly Gully, that's really costly for them because they're just... They've been top four stalwarts for most of this season. Mm-hmm. They're now teeter on the edge of the top six, one point. Uh, Bentley Green's one point behind them. And so now from Avondale down to Dandenong Thunder, so from fourth to eighth, we've got a six-point gap. Which so is sensational. It, it is absolutely up in the air. And I've got to say, uh, many would maybe look at this game just reflecting on the result and think, oh, well, you know, Dandy Thunder have, have lucked out here. But to be honest with you, I thought they absolutely gave uh, as good as they got in this game. It wasn't... It wasn't one of those games that was, um, you know, a, a classic game in the sense that it's got heaps of goal mouth action, uh, heaps of goals, end to end kind of stuff. But the actual just general standard and quality of play, um, you know, sort of between the penalty boxes was was really really sharp. It just was those kind of uh, final thirds where it broke down a little bit for both sides. I mean, Liam Boland didn't have his best day. Manny Agwek as well was hooked at halftime. Those Avondale forwards, as, as sort of star-studded as they are, sort of didn't fire. Uh, Thomas Maricic had a really, really good game to, to limit the influence of Liam Boland. Of course, it's got to be mentioned that Avondale went into this game without Stefan Valentini, without Matt Reed, so two of the most important players from your spine Obviously, Valentini has been sort of managing his return into the starting eleven anyway, but that did create a bit of a um, an equalising situation, I guess, for mm-hmm. for a Dandy Thunder side who have also had their battles with injury, but are, are getting really, really close to um, to full strength. And yeah, this was just a, a really, really competitive encounter. I thought to to go into the to the break, the halftime break level was was fair result on the balance of play. But the thing about Thunder is. And I realized this in the lead up to the game. They are a brilliant team. And this is a really niche stat. So I'm expecting your eyebrows to maybe raise a little bit here. Great side either half of the whistle. So get this. They've scored, I think, 20. I'm going to double check just quickly. They've scored. You 20, did mention this on the call yeah, just they, before the goal as well. They've scored 20. Yeah. So they've scored 27 goals for the season. 12 of them now with this uh, eventual winner in the 54th minute. So right on the precipice uh, from Josh Meeker getting his first goal of the season, dinking it over the top of uh, incoming Avondale keeper, uh, Dutchman Tom Yonkerman. 27 goals for the year. 12 of them have come in the 10 minutes either side of the halftime whistle. So they close that out that first half really well and they start the second half really, really brightly. And again, that came to fruition. They were sharp. They did have to weather a few good chances for Avondale as they came out of that break. But again, that stat proved true, and it was a beautiful ball over the top from Suleimani to Mika. It was just a really nice goal, mm. really, really nice goal. And from there, that gave Thunder, whose defense had been fairly solid for the whole day, the chance to to sit back a little bit. Thomas Maricic continued to dominate. And look, Avondale had chances to to score. Uh, Blake Carpenter, I believe, hit the post or, or the stanchion. Uh, Yite Towns forced an excellent save from, from Noah James from range. Really, the, the draw maybe would have been the fair result on the day, but I think that was a fair case to mount for, for Thunder getting the win. Yeah. They created the best move of the day. They didn't give away too many high-quality looks, and look, it sets them up for a, a massive, massive charge. Well, Dandy Thunder plays South Melbourne away on Saturday night, and Avondale host Oakley 
on Saturday. Mm. They're easily two of the best games this weekend to keep an eye on. So looking forward to that. Um, we'll get through one more before we get to Josh Parrish, Lockie. Uh, let's go to Oakley 5, Dandy City nil. Quite a elementary standard win for Oakley. Obviously, a red card didn't help Dandy City's purpose. Obviously, uh, Delano Ferro sent off in the 73rd minute, but a stack of penalties and a hat-trick from Joe Knowles was enough. Um, just too good. Oakley just flexed at the right time. Dandy City at the moment, considering the result with Hume beating Melbourne Knights right now, falling three points inside the drop zone with a mm. really bad goal difference compared to Hume. But Oakley now three wins on the bounce. They're starting to just get a bit of momentum at the right time going into the last six games of the season. And that was a very, very strong result for them last uh, on last Friday night. Well, yeah, and, and sort of the, the perfect way to set yourself self up for, uh, as we talked about with Wade Decker last week, who didn't play in this game, uh, curiously enough. Maybe our words about, you know, do you need a rest? You've played so much football this year. Maybe it, maybe it got to him because we didn't see him over the weekend. But perfect way to set yourself up for playing mm. Avondale and South Melbourne in, in back-to-back weeks in quick succession. Uh, yeah. Perfect result. I mean, it helps, obviously, when you get three penalties well, in a game. Don't forget, Lockie, straight after that South Melbourne game, they have to go to Bonnyrigg to take on the White Eagles in the Australia Cup. Yeah. So they're going to be on the road. And I, I, I Look, I will say this as, as someone who uh, follows the New South Wales National Premier League for work. Uh, I do think that's going to be... An Oakley win. Compared to playing South Melbourne and Avondale, yes. a pretty straightforward encounter. Well, they're a second division NPR. A Bonnie Rigg playing yeah. League One, and I've seen yeah. some of their, their games this year. I mean, look, cup sets can happen, but I think that might be might be a chance for... Obviously, you've got to factor in the travel and everything. Yeah, and they've got good depth. But the fact that, the fact they're playing that cup game after the South Melbourne fixture, I think, is, is really, really important, as opposed to... To the other way around, you'd be a bit less um, a bit less certain of um, them, you know, being able to put together a competitive result. But yeah, Dandenong City right before the transfer window slam shut, they made a host of uh, of new signings. I think it was a, a triple, a bevy of triple signings right before the start the of this game. City, it yes. was four, in fact. Uh, yeah, four. Nicholas G- Dib joining his brother Nathan, Nicholas Dib's who back. also joined in the mid-season window alongside Trent Capetis. Uh, from Kingston City, who initially wasn't yep. supposed to play another game, another game this and season, then suddenly... uh, and is now back. Uh, Marco Rosenweig, the the player that we sort of touted in previous weeks, coming across from the uh, the regional league, and interestingly, Tommy, Tommy Semi on loan from Altona Magic. Now, I'm I have to say I am a bit shocked by that transfer. The fact that it's on loan. You when do you ever see, see an on loan system in NBA yeah. Victoria? Very strange. It is so Very so rare. strange. But you know what? The Dibs back together, Lockie. That is exciting. And we saw Nicholas Dib can hit a free kick. And we saw last year against Eastern Lions, he hit that free kick with some venom. And you know what? He's he's a, he's a very talented player. But will it be enough to keep Dandy City up at this stage of the season? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And, I don't I, think and so. look, no one, I don't think many, if any, were expecting them to, to get a result, mm. let alone a win out of this game. But I do think the manner in which they went down will yeah. sting because at 2 0. They were competitive. Well, they, they were competitive in this game. They could have maybe, you know, sliding doors moments. If they get the goal there, maybe that makes a difference. But then they concede the penalty. They go down to 10. They're 3-0 down. And, you know, that that's the game pretty much dead and buried. And it would have been even more painful because of the fact that Hume got that win over the Melbourne Knights as well. Well, looking at how it all shapes up, obviously Oakley play Avondale again, the side they played last night in the Doherty Cup. They play him again this weekend, as mentioned, at Avenger Park. Well, Dandy City, well, this is a very winnable game, Lockie. Taking on Altona Magic at home. So that's at uh, Frank Hollihan Reserve. 
Altona, as we meant, as we'll talk about in just a sec, have lost their last three, and that's probably a good place to go to. Actually, I don't believe we have Josh Parrish. Just no, 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 yet. we do. No, he we is, do. We he do. He is here. Josh we, Parrish. Shall, shall that... we? Shall we bring Josh in? Considering we spoke about the Doherty Cup, See, and we'll go to Altona, the, Port the, Melbourne the, later. The thing you have to understand, Nick Dubano, is that Josh Parrish is at my beck and call. What I what I say to Josh Parrish, he must do, and I see that as I've admitted him to the waiting room. He is, uh, he is finally yes. here. Uh, so I've got full control of Josh Parrish, and here he is. He joins us yes, now. Yes, here he is. Josh, uh, you've recovered from, from last night's uh, semi-final experience. Have, Hang you, on. have you thawed from, uh, from last night? Hang on. Josh, Josh, he's just talking about Tuesday. Have you thawed from Monday as well down <laughs> at UFO Park? We went investigating on Monday for strange occurrences, and we should talk about that a little bit later as well. I feel like we're burying the lead a little bit. Uh, definitely colder at UFO Park, but that's possibly the sort of sci-fi mist that descends over the place. Well, I can um, say I'm a bit surprised know. by that because I was going to Jack Edwards for the Nike FC Cup semi-final. I got a frost warning on my Apple Maps on you the way there. Frost yeah, I was like, watch out for icy roads. I was like, how cold is it? Welcome it, it to the freezing. east. Welcome to the east, Lockie. Yeah, that's, Welcome uh, to the east. That's what happens. Anyway, Josh, uh, let's start with Tuesday because that was the uh, the, the headline fixture uh, Oakley Cannons getting it done, booking their place in the Doherty Cup final with a 3-2 win over Avondale. Now, you I have an unfairly good authority that you spoke to uh, to Avondale head coach Zoran Markovsky at the end of this game who <laughs> felt as though it was a performance where they had control of the game but the result j- just didn't go their way at the end of the day. How did you see it? Was that an accurate reflection of, of how things played out on the day? I do think Avondale were on top in the first, um, or in, for most of the game, but for the first 25 minutes or so, Oakley, I think, had their measure. Uh, often, as is the case with Chris Taylor's sides, uh, not dominating possession, but more territory. And, um, you know, they uh, managed to pick off Avondale's mistakes, essentially. And they were extremely clinical in front of goal. Uh, Joe Knowles, a player I've been bigging up all season, um, uh, came to the fore. You know, he he contributed in sort of fits and starts, but was, again, a very efficient operator. Three assists on the night uh, for all three goals. The first one in particular was an incredible assist where uh, he took on Utah Towns on the edge of the area, left him for dead, went to the byline. Uh, Tom Yonkerman came out on a to try and narrow the angle. Probably shouldn't have in retrospect because Knowles managed to dig this little chipped cross with his left foot from the byline it left Daniel Clark with an empty net. Uh, his teammates had a lot more to do for the um, for the second and, and third goals, the second fine finish from Tyson Holmes from outside the area, and then the third, uh, which was into the second half, more a result of Scott Hillier missing his interception uh, than any you know quality on the pass from Knowles. And uh, Joe Guest did the rest in the one-on-one. Uh, but yeah, Oakley were extremely efficient with their finishing, uh, and they were sort of hemming Avondale into their own half in the first kind of 20 minutes of the game uh, without having too much of the ball themselves. After that, uh, they got their two-goal lead, and Avondale were able to play through a lot easier after that. Oakley dropped a lot deeper, um, but there were a few missed opportunities, uh, particularly Manny Agwek blazing over in the first half, uh, and they kind of left their run a little bit too late. Uh, you try and come back from 3-0 is a mountain to climb and they almost did it. If they'd had another 10 or 15 minutes left, they mm. probably would have won that game. Uh, but unfortunately for them, they they ran out of time and, uh, and Oakley are through to the Doherty Cup final. The uh, reigning champions are out. Well, Josh, take us through the fight back from Avondale. 
I mean, they looked, as you said, dead and buried. I mean, 13 minutes to go, down 3-0, Boland gets, scores the penalty, but there was a bit of a crazy finish there. Um, what did you make of Avondale's fight back? Because they haven't been at their best this season, but they were able to at least make it a bit interesting in that last little portion of the game. Yeah, it, it seemed unlikely, but, um, you know, they kept attacking. They threw everything they had. Uh, one thing I like about Zoran Markovsky as a coach is that he doesn't care if they lose four, five, six nil. He'd rather just go for it on the off chance that they could do something unlikely. So, you know, he does have a lot of attacking weapons and he threw every single one on the pitch at the same time and even sacrificed mm. one of his center backs. He was playing a back three with James Riccobene as the only quote unquote recognized center back. And even then he's more of a left back. Mm. Uh, uh, Blake Carpenter, a very attacking left back as a left center back. And then Dylan Jakupi as the right centre back. <laughs> so he, he was playing the most wow. attacking back three I've ever seen in my life. Scott Helio went to the bench. He brought on Boland. He brought on Liston Diaz as nominally a wing back, but really a winger. Um, and he just went all out attack. It was like on Football Manager where you, you yeah. just think, oh, <laughs> no, well, you know, I've got nothing to lose now. I'm going to play five strikers. That's essentially what Zoran Markovsky did. And as Chris Taylor made more pragmatic changes to try and shore up uh, what he had, bringing on Barcia for Decker, I believe. That kind of sh- that, that meant they had a less of an outlet in transition. So it was only really Knowles that uh, that Avondale had to close down on the counterattack at that point. And then they just lost their footing in the game, Oakley, and Avondale were just pumping in crosses, uh, attack, 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 and they got the penalty from a handball. Uh, Christian Trajewski went down looking for another penalty and got booked for simulation, which was um, quite controversial. I couldn't really tell what the correct decision was from where I was, but uh, uh, Yusuf Ahmed came up with that uh, improvised chip over Nick Feely, and you know suddenly uh, it looked on for all money. But um, there was an, an injury uh, laid on just heading into at a time where Ryan Losty caught one in the face and there was long injury stoppage and that seemed to take the sting out of the game and it mm. let Oakley just take a bit of time, relax, compose themselves and they started with a, a few time-wasting tactics and managed to, to drag themselves over the finish line. But you'd probably say that of all the things you want to give to Oakley in a game, uh, extra time to sort of <laughs> chew chew away, just let slip, is is probably at the bottom, at the right at the foot of the list. Uh, absolutely. I mean, they're a very canny side. They've got a lot of veterans in the team. Tyson Holmes, chief amongst them, uh, is probably the master of uh, S-housery in the competition. Uh, I have to say, I, I kind of respect <laughs> the, the, the lengths to which he'll go and the skill with which he disguises some of this. Nick Feely probably needs a few lessons in how to get away with it. Uh, there was one uh, time-wasting booking where he just unceremoniously booted the ball after it had gone out for a goal kick. It came back off the fence to his feet and he just booted the ball out into the car park and got a yellow card. And I'm like, what are you complaining about, Nick? It was pretty obvious. Um, but, Tyson uh, Holmes yeah. is uh, he's almost in that sort of realm of, of person where it's like, as a player, you get to a stage where you're like, this aggravates me so much. Kind of what you were saying. It aggravates me so much that I can't help but respect it. Like, Jose Mourinho is someone who frustrates me so, so much. And then it got to a point of frustration where I'm like, no, I actually love you. I'm sorry. You, you're so, <laughs> so objectionable that I can't help but love you. And that's not me saying that Tyson Holmes is objectionable. But I, I can see how, as a player, those kind of things would uh, would get on your nerves. But there'd be a small corner of you that'd be like, yeah, nice work. I would have I tried to do the same thing. 
Yeah, he sort of is the Sergio Ramos or the Ander Herrera of uh, of MPL Victoria. But he came up with a, a fantastic goal last night. It was um, rolling back the years at his old stomping ground at um, at Kingston hmm. Heath. He, he he created space, separation from his uh, his marker. Just brought the ball really wide and then shot across his body into the bottom corner from about twenty meters out, uh, which was a really fine finish. And um, he certainly impressed me. Well, Josh, I mean, looking ahead now, they play each other again on Saturday. It's one of the weird quirks that, you know, you play a cup game and then you're back in action again playing against the same two teams. I mean, can you expect much change? Like, I mean, they basically threw everything at each other, but almost full strength. Can you expect much of the same when they meet again on Saturday or can you expect a bit of alteration? Well, I, I don't think Avondale were full strength. Um, they mm. certainly well, they're not, uh, they're not gonna used be... every weapon... They're not going to be on uh, on Saturday either because, if I'm not mistaken, they played in the the semi semi final, Josh. But um, Manny Agwek and Liam Boland both picked up their fifth yellow cards of the season against Dandy Thunder. Yeah. So I would be uh, quite surprised to see them play this fixture. So already that's um, it, it's quite it's quite a big uh, clamp on what is already a, an injury hit Avondale, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they were missing Stefan Valentini uh, last night, and you felt that if he'd been playing, he would have come up with something. He mm. might have been the difference. Uh, Matt Reed is out through injury. Uh, no Brandon Lundy. Uh, they've got uh, the two suspensions, as you mentioned, um, and Golgol Mabratu is also out. So that leaves them without a recognized striker because – Liam Boland, Manny Agwek, and Golgol Mabratu, that's your three forwards. Mm. Uh, so they're going to have to come up with an improvised solution up front. I think the most likely uh, taker for that spot might be Yusuf Ahmed. But again, you know, he's not really a nine. So I, I can't see Avondale winning this game, to be honest. Um, they looked pretty battered and bruised and disappointed after the semi final last night. Yite Towns, in particular, leaving the venue, could barely walk. And he just looked at me and said, we're going to do this again on the weekend. <laughs> they, they are absolutely yeah. spent right now. And they've got the Northern Territory trip coming up in the cup yeah. as well, which, I mean, I'm not sure they're really looking forward to at this point, just given the travel time. So, um, yeah, I, it, they're in a tough spot, I have to say, just with the with the absences. Even though, you know, they're playing better than perhaps the results show, uh, the number of injury absences and the inconsistency um, there is is a real issue. Well, Josh, let's uh, let's take our eye back to last Friday before we go back to Kingston on Monday. Let, let's talk about Preston. Uh, they just keep on they, – they're, they're, they're finding their rhythm now, and they've got some exciting new signings as well. A big win against Nana Whiting to, you know, keep themselves right in the, right in the mix to, for promotion this season. Uh, take us through that game of BT Connor. Oh, that was a fantastic game, especially the first 15 minutes mm. or so were absolutely breakneck. I think Preston have become so accustomed to playing against teams who set up shop and try and put 11 men behind the ball that suddenly when Nana Wadding came out with their, uh, you know, Pep Guardiola, Marcelo Bielsa-inspired <laughs> philosophy, uh, Preston got very excited and uh, ended up, you know, creating um, lots of opportunities but also leaving wide open gaps at the back. And it was... Uh, anyone's guess as to how it remained nil-nil after that first 15 minutes or so. Um, I, I think Nutter Wadding had the better of the first half. They certainly had more of the ball. Preston still managed to create some good chances and Connor Bell hit the crossbar. Um, but Preston were just a little bit smarter and more savvy in the second 45. They tried to press still and they were still trying to attack, but they were far more compact and those massive gaps that were emerging between defense, midfield and attack, which is 
easy to do um, when you're playing at BT Connor Reserve on that massive pitch. It's easy to leave those spaces. Uh, Preston were just far more compact. They worked out uh, none of Wadding's, um, you know, passing combinations and sort of rehearsed routines that they used to get Josh Varga free coming in from the flank. And they just started making interceptions and picking them off on the break. Um, and uh, eventually it got the result for them. And uh, young Joshua Bina, the 20-year-old coming off mm. the bench and scoring with his first touch, his first goal for Preston was a was a nice little story. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're wrapped with that result um, and the way they, they sort of turned around the momentum of the game. And uh, going into the game on Saturday against Melbourne Victory, if they can win that one, five points clear in the promotion places. So that is a massive fixture at Epic. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was uh, what I was going to ask you about, Josh, because the the, the thing that made this uh, that Friday night even sweeter was the fact that you know Melbourne Victory had to play the next day under the pressure of Preston getting a positive result, and unfortunately, under that pressure, they are uh, they wilted the two all draw that they had uh, against. Dufton, to be fair, Preston do know a little bit about how difficult it can be to uh, play at Dufton and, and get a positive result there. But yeah, it's this Saturday. Uh, it's a chance to, as you said, create a five-point gap between Preston and Melbourne Victory in third. This has got to be far and away uh, the most important game of, of Preston's season, surely. Yeah, it's it's the game of the year, I think. Um, you know, this will determine whether they have a, a more comfortable path to promotion or whether they will struggle um, to get up. And, uh, you know, if victory win, they retake the lead. So it's it's the classic six-pointer. Uh, Preston will be without Jimmy Harron, who did his hamstring against Nana Wadding. Uh, Ace and Ishak was available in reserve and he's partnered by Roxandich at the back. But the next man up at centre-half is none other than 43-year-old Sasha Ognanovsky, who has re-registered for Preston in the transfer incredible. window. He's still coaching at the club, uh, but he's been training with the team for the last six weeks or so and coming in his injury cover, especially while uh, Noam Sekolovsky continues to struggle with his injuries. Uh, having that veteran presence there as a backup, just in case they get an injury or, su- or a suspension while Jimmy Harron is out. I mean, he's not far away from uh, from first choice now. It's, he's only one injury or suspension away. So you, you might even see Sasha Ognovsky make a cameo appearance uh, at Epping on Saturday. Well, on on the, uh, the subject of, of cameo appearances, Josh, another player that Preston have welcomed in is, is none other than... Uh, Jonathan Gamano, the uh, the Argentine midfielder of uh, Avondale and previously Melbourne City, even Melbourne Heart fame. God, yeah, he, more Melbourne Heart than he Melbourne stretches, City. Yeah, he stretches back yeah. uh, back that long. Are we a chance to see him this Saturday? Obviously, it's a uh, a tight game for absolute certain. It was a nil or draw last time these two sides met. Could he possibly uh, be the difference for for Preston this Saturday at Epping? I th- I don't think he'll be playing a full 90, not even close, because he's not played for Avondale this year, uh, or barely played anyway. Uh, so he's certainly not match fit. But uh, I have it on good authority that he trained on Monday and he'll train again tonight. And you saw a bit of his quality already um, in, in that training session. So um, he's every chance to get on the bench and every chance to make a 10, 15-minute cameo appearance. And if Preston need a goal or they need some veteran mm. presence to just uh, see them over the line, Jonathan Gamano could make that decisive impact. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a Preston jersey. Josh, just one more before we wrap up. Let's go back to Monday. Did we watch the greatest game of football ever played at MPL 2 Victoria level? Like, was that 
one of the most bonkers games ever. I might be recency biased, well, okay? Speaking, you know what? I, I can but... tell you, I can give you an idea of just how uh, many waves this this particular MPL2 fixture made. We have uh, coming through in the comments on the uh, Facebook live stream, uh, Craig Filer, a person who we had feared that had been turned away <laughs> Uh, from the show after we outed him for not turning up for a particular fixture. But he is in the comments saying that he cannot wait. He cannot wait for our review of the Werribee City Kingston oh, game. That's how big of a splash Josh, this Monday night fixture Josh, made. Josh, we, we went into the game at UFO Park thinking, oh, relegation battle, like these two teams have been quite underwhelming, like it's you know probably going to meander out into a nil-nil or a one-nil win. But goodness gracious me. Like, the first 45 was, like, that was genuinely just an adrenaline trip. Incredible. Like, it was insane. It was like a Michael Bay movie. Like, yeah. it's not actually good. A lot of sweating tr- and a lot of explosions. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of explosions everywhere. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. Um, as I said to you on the call, I think, Nick, there are two types of good games. You know, there's, uh, let's say, Avondale Green Gully from the other week that Lockie called. Just champagne football. And then there's Kingston City, Werribee City, which is uh, kind of nonsense, but just uh, so much crash fun. bang wallop uh, entertainment. And uh, I don't mind a bit of uh, a bit of reality TV every now and again. It was, it was basically like a Christopher Nolan Batman movie, like The Dark Knight is Avondale Green Gully. This was 1960s Batman. Like you know, every time there was a challenge, they came up with thwack yeah. and whack and cutscenes, and you know, like it was. It was crazy. Like, you know, even for like the first like minutes, like Werribee missed an open goal in like the first couple of minutes. Like, oh, all right. Like, and these are some well, of the uh, new signings well, as well. And Well, Craig has come through in the comments again saying, I have never laughed so much in my life. I'm not sure whether that's talking about our intro to this game or about the game itself because it had that yeah, sort of well, quality. We, Josh and I were, were laughing at some <laughs> bits during the game as well. Like there was a part where literally it got to a point where in a 30-second patch, Charlie Fry booted the ball at a at just for no reason at a Werribee player. And then amongst the scuffle, Josh and I are talking about him kicking the ball at a prone player. And then there's a red card that comes out of it a few seconds later. And we're like, oh, this game's done. Werribee's going to go on and win. And then Werribee go and get a red card a few minutes later and kicks the score from the same free yeah, kick. And that's without even mentioning the, the goal mouth scramble as well. That is oh, one of the best mate, goal mouth scrambles I have seen ever. Yeah, Josh, Mark Latz is putting his head on the line like about three times. <laughs> it was crazy. I think, might, I think the, the ball might have actually... I don't know if you guys uh, picked this up during the game, but I watched it back on the stream. I think he might have got uh, hit in the, uh, yeah, in, the- in, in the unholy region because you could see Mark Latzis after he made that initial block, uh, the ball comes away before sort of getting back in and coming off the posts. Uh, he's, he's sort of... <laughs> Staying in the back four, but any time he gets a half chance to like instinctively uh, keel over, um, he does. You, you could see that he was fighting the urge to, to hit the turf after he was hit in a sensitive spot. And then he's um, uh, well, he was certainly yeah. holding his face, but it doesn't mean he, mean he was hit there. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> um, he, he put his body on the line, let's say. Um, yeah. And I was really impressed with Mark Latzis actually in the losing effort good. for uh, for Kingston. But Werribee City, what a result for them! And it, it it throws the the relegation battle wide open. They looked pretty much gone. Uh, given the run of fixtures they've got coming up in their last six games or so. Um, but now they've got a lifeline. They uh, they want to believe, Nick. Oh, yes. I was very happy with that line, Josh. I had to do it twice. I had to make sure yeah, I got it, it right. It didn't sink two. in the yeah. first time around. Right. I UFO Park UFO and they Park, want yes. to believe. Um, but you know what the best part was, Josh? Those, that, that like six, seven minutes of stoppage time at the end of the game. And 
the ball went out for a throw-in in front of the Werribee 20s players, out, like just in front of us, <laughs> and a Werribee 20s player like just runs over the fence, leans just over, launched it away, picks he? the ball up and throws it back behind him, and he just walks away like, I did nothing, ref. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And we're even talking about the fact that Giordano Marifiotti, it was, yeah, Giordano Marifiotti, bloody sending that ball, sending that drink bottle like he was doing a kickoff in the NFL. Like, after he was <laughs> subbed off. Yeah. And he got carded he got, for it as well. Yeah. And the, I, I don't, like, Josh and I were joking on the broadcast. There were more players with cards than yeah. didn't have cards in that game. Like, I'm genuinely curious how many yellow cards there were. Yeah, I was actually just looking that up, Nick. I was trying to go to the uh, the match center page and just see how many bookings are, are listed there. But uh, yeah, incredible. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's there's nine nine yellows wow. and two reds listed on the page, and I I think I think there were actually more than that. I, I think <laughs> I, can, I can see here that. Uh, uh, one of the Marifiotis hasn't been booked. I'm pretty sure they both got yellows. So um, perhaps uh, the referee just ran out of paper and uh, didn't want to do all that what paperwork was, in the end. What was the nickname for that Portugal-Netherlands game, the 2006 World Cup called again? That was at the, <laughs> the, the Battle, the battle of, of Nuremberg or something? You know, <laughs> or is that uh, something from World War II? Either way, it was, it was still a battle. No, uh, it was the Battle of Nuremberg. So we had the Battle of of the Grange or the Battle of South Clayton on Monday night. <laughs> we did indeed. And I, I loved every minute of it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Werribee City lost their new signing, uh, Murray, to injury. Uh, and hopefully he won't be out for uh, for too long. Hopefully he's right to play next week because yeah. I thought he added a hell of a lot on that right-hand side. Um, real pace, directness, and just a little bit of unpredictability that they've, yeah. they've clearly been lacking this season. Well, Josh, thank you so much for jumping on. I uh, appreciate all your insight into all the games this weekend and also looking forward to this Saturday, Preston v. Melbourne victory. Good luck with the call, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat again with you very soon. All right. Thanks, gents. It's going to be a great game. So uh, MPL TV this week. No uh, no Preston Lions Facebook stream. It's the game of the round. Sensational. Looking forward to it. So too it should be. So yes. too it should be. Well, 3 p.m. out at Epping Stadium. Be there or be square, essentially. Yeah. But anyways... I'm pleased for you, Nick. You filled out your entire NPL2 bingo card in one evening. It's taken me several seasons to have to blot all the right little things, you know. Yeah. Double-digit yellow cards, goal-mouth scramble, ball off both posts, you know, yeah. 20s player throwing the ball away. You did them all in one yeah. night. I'm actually yeah. very jealous yeah. of you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's rush, rush, rush through the end of this. That was a rush. <laughs> that <Nice>. was a <laughs> – I don't even know what I'm saying there. Anyways, Can't let's go speak. back – Let's go back to MPL Victoria. Let's go back to the first tier. And let's talk a little bit about Altona, Port Melbourne. We spoke about that a little bit earlier. Port Melbourne 4-1 winners at Paisley Park. Uh, quite quite a standard win for them, but banging in the goals, which has been something of a rare occurrence for yeah. Port Melbourne this season. But another win, a win for them after losing in Oakley the week before. Uh, commanding, put the game away early. And Altona, well, they're in a bit of a... They're in a bit of a spot at the moment, Lockie. They're, they've lost their last three games. They're Look, they're 10 points above the drop. They're, you'd say they're safe, but it's not entirely looking great for them right now. Yeah, well, I mean, f- first things first, I do just want to just want to say with, with respect to um, Port Melbourne, perfect response. Absolutely. Perfect response after that game against uh, Oakley Cannons. They, they wouldn't just have been disappointed about the loss at JL Murphy Reserve uh, or SS Anderson, whatever yeah. you like to call it. Um, but the manner of the loss 
And so to, to come back, pick yourself up off the canvas the following week, and now you're obviously favoured against Altona. But this is an Altona side who, for the most part, up to this point, have been very, very hard to, to get a single goal past, uh, let alone two. And Port Melbourne, who don't always score, you know, don't have a, a good track record of scoring a heap of goals, uh, putting four past a solid Altona defence, that is about as perfect as, as of a response as you could possibly yeah. possibly hope for. And really important too, because with all the teams below them dropping points, that top three spot for them is now looking pretty darn secured. But gee, Altona magic, bad result for them, really, really worrying result for them because they've got Dandenong City coming up this weekend. If they lose that game... Look, they're, they're, I don't think they're they're not any danger of being relegated, but they would start to meander towards that lower end of the table territory. They're probably fine because Dandy Dandy Dogs mm, are, are a whole. Have 10, you seen their run? Are a whole ten points behind? Have them. you seen their? You run know, my big man? question is though: Does Tommy Semi get to play in this game? Yeah, cup tied essentially. Well, he's, on, lo- he's league, on loan. He's playing tied. against his parent club. I don't know. It depends what's part of the. Uh, is, I mean, the, that's the a rule in the, in the Premier League, but is it a rule yeah. in the MPL Victoria? We don't know because this situation has rarely, if if yeah. ever, uh, if you know do, of a, do, a do loan football, deal do situation. Victoria even know the answer? We might have to uh, might have to send out a, a, a message a, to yeah. the appropriate person. But if they do lose this game to Dandenong City, regardless of whether or not Tommy Semi is playing, you would be pretty uncomfortable well, if you were Altona. Well, they've got Avondale at home after that, South Melbourne away, Bentley at home, Melbourne Knights and St Albans to round out the season. It's not an easy run home, to say the least. But Port Melbourne just keeping tabs with the top two just a little bit. They take on Heidelberg in a massive game next week. That's going to be a ripper uh, down at JL Murphy Reserve. So looking forward to it because Port Melbourne battling for that home final. They want to at least get that home elimination final. It's going to be so important for them if they want to make a late charge at the championship. Let's welcome in, actually. Now we're going to our next game. One of the commentators from Saturday. Let, let, let's welcome Pakur Frimpong in. Let's welcome Pakur in just for a second. For which for which game? Which game was... Uh, was Eastern Pakur, Lions, Pakur South on? Melbourne. It's a commentator coming in for a game, but <laughs> which but, one? But, but for which? That's what Pakur was saying <laughs> when I was watching the highlights before the game. She's like, who is that on commentary? That this is a little bit earlier than I thought. So do, you, do, you, do, we want you, do we want us to bring you back in? Yeah, I feel like you know I, I deserve like a cooler second entrance. Well, like, do you, maybe, do you want I like was, a proper intro? Yeah, proper intro because like I, no, you're not a wrestler. You don't no, get to walk in said, here with the music said, holding the intercontinental said, title above your head. Like, that's another way this I works. I said in the FNR group chat, you know, I really like this theme song. It makes me feel like I'm in Step Up Two and I'm about to do a dance battle. So I feel like let me get a good okay. Run sorry, up. we we just don't have we don't have time for your entrance music complaints. I'm afraid we've only got we've only got so much time left to go. On the weekend though, four nil. South Melbourne over the Eastern Lions. Harrison Sawyer scoring Harrison all Sawyer four just, goals. Harrison Sawyer is on a vibe at the moment. Yeah. That man, sensation. He's a, he's a record maker as well. The first South Melbourne player to score uh, four goals in separate yes. occasions. So yeah. twice. So he's, uh, I like to think that Wade Decker walked so that uh, he could run. Harrison Sawyer could run, yes. Yeah. But uh, how, how did you see the game? I mean, how good was, was Harrison Sawyer? Harrison Sawyer was amazing. Um, it was comfortable for South. You know, Eastern Lions, they've been tr- – it's been a tough season for them, changing the coaching staff, and a lot of players left during, have left during this window. So it was really difficult for them. Had a lot of young players coming in. They kind of started well, and then South just showed their class and dominance, and it was just really, really easy for them. And that first goal from Sawyer was kind of indicative of the way in which Eastern Lions defended a lot of the corners because my biggest gripe against them when I was watching the game was I felt like Eastern Lions, when they were defending the corners, South would... Lob the cross the ball in 
to near to the near post, a little bit further out, and then it would they do a flick on to the far post, and there'd be no Eastern Lions players there in that far post. But and I think that's just kind of the way, and that's why they conceded a lot of a decent amount of mm. goals and a lot of the chances as well. So yeah. it was quite easy for South in the end, and it was deserved that four nil. Eastern Lions had a kind of a bit of a moment in the second half, but it wasn't really wasn't really anything because South was sustained. Always, yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. sustained, and South and kind of the story of their season. Yeah, yeah, well, and it doesn't doesn't it doesn't yeah. easy it doesn't make it easy when your defenders yeah. are literally playing balls, uh, getting assists pretty much for Harrison. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Nathan Sims, Sim. and I felt really bad for him because Nathan Sims Ed was just before um, Sims had done that. Ed was just mentioning, you know, he from all the Eastern yeah. Lions plays, he probably was the most consistent, was really mm. really in his class above a majority of that team. So it was disappointing that it had to be him. I thought a player that um, South Melbourne that like. Deserves a shout is Brennan, who, who that gave that cross in for the first uh, for the first goal, and he was just a class above in that first half, and was really the start and a lo- at the end of a lot of the South Melbourne attacks, and mm. he was just class. Yeah, well, I want to ask Pakua because I'm just having a look through here. I didn't realise that Danny Amendola has uh, changed codes. Yeah, NFL wide receiver <laughs> now playing for Eastern Lions. <laughs> well, is he playing yeah. on the wing? That's well, that's the, if he was a wide receiver. Yeah, well, so slant routes and everything. Yeah, look, before we let you go, Pakur, because we actually are running out of time. Yeah. I've actually got a show after this that we need to get to in uh, what Paco Radio. It? It's Paco Radio it's coming up. It's been a, a big week for Pascoval. Looking forward to uh, to getting into that. Um, Eastern Lions run continues without a point at home. Yeah, was well, ten losses know, now. Do you know yeah. that they they have not? Yeah. What, like gotten the point at home in as 13 a, months. As a you know, a quality commentator like me and Ed are, we, <laughs> we did mention that a few times in the call. You know, if you listen to it back, and I'm just, I'm just. Hang on, I was listening back to it, and you were like, "Who is that?" Like, stick, turn it off, <laughs> listen to it on mute. Like, you didn't want to hear yourself. I didn't so, want to like, hear myself, but yeah, we, yeah, that's it's quite an astonishing stat, and it's disappointing for them because I think that times, like even that Oakley game earlier in the season, mm. they they had moments where you're like, oh. Surely they've got a point, and that surprised me when I did um, find out about that stat. But I think they will get at least one point. Mm. I feel optimistic. Can you see them getting a win? It's been the, the last one was in What's April. Their, their last one was in April. Well, they run home. Bentley yeah, Greens this weekend. Yeah. Melbourne no Knights, St Albans, Hume, Green Gully, Heidelberg to see out the season. They're going to play spoiler to someone. Yeah, they are. I, and I reckon it's going to be Heidelberg. No, because I because Eastern Lions wow. they've got a because like Oakley are Oakley. second. Oakley are second in the table at the moment, and. Eastern Lions have got a draw out of them and they pushed mm-hmm. them really far in their first game against them this season. So I think if they are defensively sound, they certainly can do it. Um, but that's that's a lot to ask and, you know, it's just words at this point. And for, for South Melbourne, in the end, it was a, yeah. a bit of a training yeah, run for I, them. Do they, They're coming up against the dandy yeah. Thunder side who are coming off the back of a good result. Do they for, win at home? Yeah, for, for them, I, th- I think... Easy win for them. I think they. I think they kind of wanted to show up Oakley as well because Oakley just won five nil before, and it's a race between those yeah, two. Yes. And Dandy. <laughs> I think the next game they've got is going to be really easy, but I think the more interesting game is going to be that Oakley game in two weeks, I yeah. believe. Yes. Because it only has implications for this year and also for last season as well. So it's the twenty twenty one title yeah, on, on the line because Oakley because Oakley if they win that game. Up, Probably in the box seat. A to, point, a point. Yeah, yeah a point. box seat to win the both. They will, yeah. Yeah, no so guaranteed. exactly. So yeah. um, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. South, a great team. And it was probably the first time, the first time I've seen them play in person. And they really impressed me. And uh, I'm going to head back into my producing duties. 
because you know what? I want to get ready for Paco, and I want you to have the, right. the people that you need for Paco. Thank you. But Thank you, Paco. Stunning, stu- super Same. sub. You are the Alex Walter of this podcast. You just come off the bench, and almost 100% of the time, you score a goal. Um, let's race through the rest of these two games, Lockie, only because we do have to go. Hume City 3, Melbourne Knights 1. A good win for them. They're outside of the bottom two. Josh Bingham double, Mitch Cooper adding another. George Ott got on the score sheet again for Melbourne Knights. It's he been did. a bit of a, a bright spark for them in a bit of a tough run. But it looks like Hume, they're edging closer towards safety. Yeah, I, I think this, like I said before, this result would have really, really, really stung for Dandenong City because obviously you're always hoping that a sister club like Melbourne Knights can mm. do you a favour, but not to be. Um, shout out to Rory Bryan as well. George, you mentioned he got one goal, but he very yeah. easily could have had two. A stunning uh, free kick, I think, in the second half when the game was still alive. Might have even been right before half halftime. Um, and Rory Bryan made a really, really good stop, which... From the keeping stocks we've seen from Hume this season, uh, we haven't seen a lot of, to be perfectly yes. honest. So uh, he seems like he's made a really big difference. But, gee, I think this is a really, really, really massive disappointment mm. for Melbourne Knights. So I, I Look, we, we, we should probably save this for, for next week's podcast, dependent on the result that Melbourne Knights get this weekend when they take on Green Gully. But I think there is massive pressure on Steve Bebich mm. at the moment. Because th- this game they played with all three of their mid-season signings, Dylan Monane, Taylor Shrivers, George Ott. Obviously, there's some betting in. There's some adjustments you've got to make. But, gee, to get a 3-1 a loss against Hume, a team you beat 3-0 earlier this season at home. I know it's not an easy place to go Valley Park and get a result. But, God, I just think there is and should be a lot of pressure on Steve Bebich at the yeah, moment. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think Melbourne Knights now four games without a win – Take on Green Gully. They need to get some results. Look, they're, they're 10 points clear of the drop. Can't believe I've been saying this about the potential of Melbourne Knights being relegated. But they similar to Altona and similar to St. Albans as well, they don't want to find themselves getting any closer towards the drop or at least getting in the position where they even have to think about relegation. Oh, and it's just it, it's a disappointment because the, this side, I think, is is better than, Absolutely. than what it served up. And two weeks ago, when I went into the Croatian derby they played against St. Albans, we were talking about this being the, the Kickstarter of a of a potential uh, push towards finals, but now they just seem to be sort of um, stuck in that kind of mid table mid table mire. Yeah. Well, one more game that happened this weekend: St Albans nil, Heidelberg nil. Big point for St Albans. Three draws in a row. I mean, they're they're edging closer towards safety, and Heidelberg, on the other hand, were not able to make the most of everyone else really falling apart. They do stay inside the top six. Actually, they go to fifth, but could have been fourth had they won that game. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we were talking about Heidelberg in the top four after the start oh, of the mate, season? Oh, mate, it would be huge. They Look, th- this is a, a little bit of a, a bump on what's been a, a pretty smooth road for them in, uh, in, in the last few weeks. Obviously, it never helps when you go down to 10 men inside the first half. And look, credit to St. Albans. Um, as I sort of predicted in this game, the foul count was pretty high. I think there was like th- a yeah. total of 30 free kicks conceded for the whole game. So it was it was a rugged old... Uh, Scrap. affair, and look, when St Albans were, went down to 10, uh, Hakeem Al-Arabi getting his second yellow in the second half, I thought that that was going to yeah. be that, and Heidelberg would eventually run over the top of them, but they didn't. St yeah. Albans, Albans held strong, uh, and yeah, good point for them. One game to certainly keep an eye on, Hume v St Albans this weekend. Massive game for Hume if they win, and Danny City do lose against Altona. 
Humor just almost safe. Getting Not closer six to points the, uh, clear, yeah. the line being drawn. Yeah. So let's quickly take our eye to MPL two for just a second, Lockie, because the race for promotion took a massive swing. It did. And we spoke about Paco Radio being next. And Pasco Vale's men's side had an absolute mare on Friday night. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Dropping points at home. We spoke about these sides being sensational at home all season. But Pasco Vale losing 1-0 to the rejuvenated Manningham. They've been one of the surprises this over the last little run. That's three wins in a row for them. Yeah, They're out of the sort of the – well, they're not entirely safe just yet. They're six points clear oh, – sorry, five points clear of Werribee City. But for Pasco Vale, two games now without a win – and you look at who they've dropped points against as well. Brunswick City away and now Pasco Vale at home. And right now they're starting to lose a little bit of pace with Moreland City. Six points off in a bit of trouble. While Boleyn as well. Yeah, not, not to be outdone. No, by Boleyn who dropped, form. who dropped points on the road last week against Lang Warren. Drew 1-1 with GV Suns on Saturday. Now I was at this game and Lockie, I couldn't believe how Boleyn did not win this game. It was unbelievable the amount of chances they missed. Max Batchelor missed two open goals inside the opening five minutes of the game. Max, maybe he was focusing too much on his new reality TV show he's going to be on over in New Zealand. Yeah, heart, certain, heartbreak Island. Yeah, Heartbreak Islands. Not Love Island, Heartbreak Islands. So keep an eye out there Look, for Max Batchelor. As an engaged NPL2 viewer, uh, I will be, yeah. be tuning in. Well, Look, to be honest, all I'm going to say is, Max, considering I am the ground announcer at the Venetal Club, I am going to be potentially maybe working something into the... Are you going to be starting starting referring to him in the lineup as Max V. Bachelor? Yes, potentially. Uh, well, look, well, look Max uh, in eligible the end, Bachelor. <laughs> in the end, look, GV Suns took the lead through Matt Breeze, a very familiar name among NPL my circles. My eyebrows nearly exploded off Yeah, the and he was very was good. He was Valley. very, very good. Then Boleyn did pull one back through, said Max Bachelor was able to make it 1-1. But some of the saves the goalkeeper was making for GV Suns, just incredible. And they were able to to hold firm and take a point from the Venator Club, which is a very hard place to go and get points. I think it was the there was no magic of not having a Monday night fixture, Lockie. That's what I'm using as the excuse. That's what I'm putting it down to. Uh, but at the end of the day, Boleyn had to be better. They've dropped five points in their last few. So they're now four points behind Moreland City, who did mm. win on the weekend 3-0 against your boys, Lang Warren, while Brunswick Juventus 2-0 winners at John Kane against Northcote and North Geelong taking care of business against Brunswick City. So heading into this weekend, we've got North Geelong on 38 points on top of the table, Moreland City on 33, Brunswick Juventus in third on 31, Boleyn fourth, 29 points, and Pasco Val fifth on 27. And looking ahead to those games, there's really no margin for error for both Boleyn and Pasco Val. Pasco Val away to the... The buoyant Werribee, but obviously Werribee coming off a very short turnaround, three days less than uh, Pasco Vale at home. Uh, Brunswick City host Boleyn. That's the MPL.TV fixture, so make sure you keep an eye on that one. Uh, massive game for Boleyn. Manningham hosts North Geelong. Brunswick Juventus up against Kingston, so that's a good opportunity as well. We speak about short turnarounds. Kingston coming off a four-day turnaround in some poor form at the moment, while Moreland City head to Shepparton to take on GV Suns. And they'll be looking to continue to play spoiler. So a lot to look forward to this weekend, MPL 2. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks on paper as four games in which the, the teams ranked higher in that promotion race should win, mm. but uh, especially a team like Brunswick for FC Bully Lions away from home, uh, no guarantee. I mean, even Werribee City, after the result they had, maybe makes things interesting yeah. against Paco. Uh, Kingston traditionally are a far better side away from <laughs> oh, yeah. home than they are at home. 
So maybe playing at CB Smith Reserve against Brunswick is a four day turnaround. Is a boost to them. And then Moreland City have also been a really poor team away from home this season. And Golden Valley got a point. Yeah, there's they're, they're buoyant. They're buoyant. There's no guarantee that those will provide four wins for the for the top place teams. I don't yeah. think we could be set for another. Uh, twist in what has been a, a very curvy well, promotion race, hasn't it? Well, look, you're looking at the other end, and obviously we've got to clear this up, that the bottom two sides don't get immediately relegated in NPL 2. They play playoffs against third and fourth in one-off games, and obviously GV Suns haven't won a game yet this season, but they're still alive to stay up, in fact, but it's really a race to see who's going to join them, because right now, Werribee City on 15 points, goal difference behind Brunswick. And Kingston and Langwarren, two points clear on 17. Manningham on 20. And Northcote are only six points clear, Lockie. So it's not they're not completely out of the woods just yet either. So something to really keep an eye on over the next few weeks. Can't wait to see how that all plays out. Quickly turning our eye to MPL 3. We spoke about Preston's win a little bit earlier, but just racing through the rest of the results. Springvale beating Western United on Friday night. Big, big upset Huge there. Result. Massive result. Whittlesey holding Geelong to a 1-1 draw. Again, that's a big result for Whittlesey. Melbourne City getting the job done over North Sunshine 2-1. Box Hill 5-1 winners over Ballarat City. And Doveton holding victory to a 2-0 draw. So how yeah. that leaves things? There was four goals in the space of 10 minutes in yeah. that game. And then a red card game. for Jimmy Panaris as well. So they yeah. just victory couldn't fight back. So Melbourne City, 38 points on top of the table. Preston second on 34. Melbourne victory third on 32. Western United fourth on 29. Five points clear of Nana Wadding. As we mentioned, third and fourth playing in a promotion relegation playoff against the bottom two sides in MPL 2. Well, down the other end, Whittlesey are eight points inside the drop at the moment, but Ballarat are now into the bottom two with Springvale leaping them. So North Sunshine are four points clear of Ballarat, uh, Springvale two, and Box Hill and Doveton are six points uh, clear. Maybe this uh, recent uptick in form for Springvale, even though they did lose the game against Victory, but they were competitive. It's the, uh, the Slavin Vanessa. That's, that's what I reckon. I, I, he was very good against Victory a couple of weeks ago. But mm. just looking ahead to this weekend, Nunawading versus Whittlesey on Saturday at Marnie's Reserve. As we mentioned, Victory hosting Preston Lions. That's the MPL.TV game of the week. Ballarat City hosting Springvale. That's a massive, massive relegation six-pointer there. Western United hosting Doveton at City Vista. Geelong against Melbourne City and North Sunshine versus Box Hill. Lockie, before we go, let's get our predictions in for the first tier of football this weekend, looking in towards round 21. All kicks off on Friday night at Knights Stadium. Knights versus Green Gully. A lot on the line, especially for Green Gully, but for Knights looking to turn around their poor patch of form. Who do you see winning this game? I'm limiting myself to one-word predictions uh, right after I mentioned that it'll be myself and Craig Filer uh, doing, oh, yes. doing this game uh, yes. on uh, on NPL.TV on Friday night. Say hello I... to them. They'll be in the broadcast tower. Draw. Draw? Yep. I'm going a Green Gully 1-0 win. Okay. I reckon they're going to just do enough. Bentley Greens, Eastern Lions at Kingston Heath on Friday night. Three, two, one, Greens. Oh, you, we didn't do it at the oh, same time? I didn't realize it was a countdown. Uh, I'm going Bentley Greens. No, for, I thought we were going to say the same B- Bentley the Greens. Same time. Bentley Greens by a cricket score. Okay. It's, I'm going to say Greens, yeah. but it'll be tighter than that. I'll say 2-0. Okay. Uh, Saturday, probably one of the game of the rounds, if not the game of the round, Avondale v. Oakley at Avenger Park, 3 p.m. I'm going a 1-1 draw. Ah... I think that the the reverse fixture might throw up a bit of nah. bit of a caginess. Cannons, cannons. The no, cannons. no. Uh, Boland and Agwek, especially if Valentini misses again, it's okay. That's hard. That's really really hard. 
relegation battle, really, for Dandy City. They need to win this game, and it's a very good chance for them hosting Altona Magic at 4.45 at Frank Holloham Reserve on Saturday. I'm going Dandy City. 1-0 win. Altona, 1-0. Okay, all right. Port Melbourne-Heidelberg, another massive game between two sides battling out for the spots inside the finals down uh, down in Port Melbourne, JL Murphy Reserve, 5.30 p.m. I'm going Heidelberg 2-1. Back in the burgers in. Two-all draw. I think it's going to be like the two-all draw we had towards the end of last season. Okay. Uh, where Dandenong Thunder played yeah, Port, Thunder Port, play Melbourne. Port Melbourne. And, and it was just a cracking game. There were late goals. I think it's going to be a draw, but it's going to be uh, a draw with late drama, a uh, really engaging contest. It's going to be a great – well, that game against Danny Thunder was great for many reasons, just beyond the actual action yes. on the pitch. Uh, Saturday night, Lakeside Stadium at 6.45, South Melbourne v Dandy Thunder, who are making the late charge on the David Chick. We're hoping to chat to David Chick very yes. soon um, on the show as well. But uh, South Melbourne up against Dandy Thunder. I'm going a 2-2 draw. Draw, yeah. Draw yeah, well. I think Dandy Thunder might actually – I'm even leaning towards they could pinch it. Okay, yeah, well, you go, you go Thunder win, I'll go draw. No, no, go on a draw. Okay. Don't look at me like that, Pakua. Don't look at me like that. Anyways, final game of the room. Draw City. What do you mean, draw City? No idea what she's talking about. Anyways, St. Albans versus Hume Sunday. Final game of the round at Churchill Reserve, 3 p.m. A lot on the line for this one. I am going a Hume City 1-0 win away from home. See, happy Pakua. We aren't going a draw here. That's St. Albans win. You reckon? Yep. You reckon Hume dragged back into the dogfight? Yeah, why not? Make it interesting. Yeah. You want to do, well, you just want this to go right down the wire. I just want wire. chaos, mate. I just want chaos. Yeah, well, chaos is a lot of luck. I come from the NPL 2. Chaos is all I know. Well, that's uh, you're talking to me, mate. We're both NPL yeah. 2 heart and soulers right here. Like that We, we want chaos. Like You saw <laughs> me with Hikata Gigster versus where are you, mate? That was euphoria in the space of 90 minutes. It was just sensational. Um, but anyways, Lockie, time for us to go here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Uh, make sure if you miss any of it, if you're watching on the live stream and you you want to catch up with our chats with Josh Parrish, Pakua Frimpong, um, Lockie as well. We're going to save Katie for next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll save. We'll save. Apologies, we'll we weren't on. able to get Katie Lambeski on this week, but we'll save that for next week. Um, but we're back again at some point. We're, we're just again. Should there's a method. There's a method Should to our madness. To Should be normal, Monday night. Normal Monday slot. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll communicate all our special guests' time and everything else. But if you miss any of it, head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a rating. Let us know what you'd like to chat, and even get your comments in and questions beforehand. So enjoy your weekend, NPL guys. It's going to be a cracker. We're into the business. Yeah, have some fun.